Hi guys, and welcome back to In the Limelight. We took a little hiatus over the holidays to give everyone a chance to rest and relax, but now we are back to torture you. So today is an extra special episode to come back on because we are chatting with a fellow Limey um, currently undergoing treatment, which is something that a lot of you, our homies and listeners, asked for. So it's a really inspirational episode um, about going through treatment and how it caused this woman named Sarah to undergo, you know, a total career change where now she helps others and she found her true passion. So I hope that you guys relate to it as much as I did. I recently wrote an article for National Publication Sway about how, you know, as as crappy as going through having a chronic illness like Lyme disease is, it, it does have some silver linings. And, you know, a year ago, if you had told me that I would be saying it changed my life in some ways for the better. I would have told you that you are super crazy. Um, But I totally relate to Sarah, and I hope you guys enjoy, enjoy today's episode. Hi, Sarah. So right off the bat, I noticed some similarities in our stories. I read, you know, your fatigue started in the fall of 2012, um, and I noticed you had just finished grad school, and at my... so. Like when my Lyme popped up, I had ac- I was just graduating like my first round of college, and now I'm back getting my master's. But um, just thought that was interesting. So when you first went to like figure out what it was, I mean, what was that like? Well, so I first um, after I graduated, I got my first job after graduation, and. I just started feeling like something was off because I was so tired. And um, if I wasn't at work, I was just wanting to sleep. And I also was experiencing this sensation that, like, my body was just shutting down. And, like, I would sit at my desk and just feel like I can't think clearly. And I am just, like, I would like to lay on the floor underneath my desk and nap. (laughs) And I, so I went to the doctor and they did like a full workup and the only thing that they could find was wrong was, um, my thyroid was kind of off. Mm. And so they gave me some medication, um, for hypothyroidism, but I never really felt like that did anything. Like I still felt so tired, but uh, that was kind of the only answer that they could ever give me. And I kept going to, you know, different specialists and like, I was living in Canada at the time and they, um, I'm not sure if they know even less than in the States. I have that impression. Okay. Um, because like they, like Lyme was totally not on the radar. Yeah. And they would, they, like, they wouldn't even do any like more advanced testing to see if I had an autoimmune condition. It was literally like, it's just your thyroid. Now go away. Oh, wow. That Um, makes me so angry when I hear things like that, because I feel like typical, like Western medicine doctors just try to fit you in a box, but like they won't look outside of that box. Like if that makes sense, like once they diagnose you with something, that's it. Like that's what you have. And in reality, there's so many things they could be missing. Yeah. So 
I ended up, um, my husband is American and he was living in the U S when I was living in Canada and, um, I ended up just going and visiting him and trying to see doctors in the States. And, um, I still had to go from doctor to doctor in the States for like, um, a year, year and a half before I landed on one that was able to properly diagnose me. And it was through like pure luck. Like I wasn't even thinking about Lyme. I, I didn't even know what Lyme was. Yeah. So I'm just very lucky that I happened to come um, this one. Yeah. And that happened because I was like, okay, well, if all these like Western medical doctors don't know what's wrong, maybe someone who's more alternatively oriented might have a better idea. And the doctor that I went to is a functional medicine doctor. Okay. So um, she just has more appreciation for looking at the body's systems as a whole and trying to look at the entire picture instead of just, like, just my thyroid. It's like, well, maybe there's other things that are off and that this whole picture put together could be a diagnosis of something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I know that, like, you know, obviously you get diagnosed with Lyme and then you're kind of like, now what? Um, and that's how I felt, you know, so I went to a Western slash Chinese medicine doctor at Northwestern that was the one that actually diagnosed me with it, but he wasn't necessarily Lyme literate, um, which was a challenge. So now I see like a team of doctors. I live in Chicago, but I see three doctors in Wisconsin that treat me. So what was your kind of like after you got diagnosed, what was your first step to like figuring out, like, what am I going to do? Well, like, to be honest, I think my first step was actually denial. And I just tried to, I didn't really want to face the fact that this could be something that I'd have to like, really take time away from my life to focus on. And for me, like a lot of my healing journey has been doing inner healing and work on myself. And I was very resistant to that. And, um, like I remember at the time, even though I was deliriously exhausted, um, I had been so exhausted that I left my previous job and I was feeling a lot of pressure that like I should get another job. And so even right after I got diagnosed, I was going on interviews for with employers for jobs that I knew that if they hired me, I was like, I have actually no idea how I'm going to be doing this job because I, I'm exhausted. Like there's no way I can be an effective employee. So I had to go through this whole process of denial first. And like, um, none of those employers actually ended up hiring me. So I didn't have to face that. But, um, I, that's when I started working with a coach actually, and, um, a health coach and also seeking out some therapy to try and like help me sort through what was going on in my mind and in my life at the time. Uh, and, and they were really very helpful in like getting me to acknowledge like, okay, this is something that I need to really address. Um, when it comes to like treatment, I felt so overwhelmed because like on one hand, it's a great thing that there are so many, I mean, I wouldn't even say it's like, it's not straightforward what you, what you do for treatment, but there are a lot of different things that you can try. And I was 
at first very overwhelmed with them all. And I felt like, like my doctors and health team were like throwing the kitchen sink at me so that I was trying to do everything. And it ended up taking like, it was like a full-time job and it was extremely stressful to try and do it all and expensive. Right. Cause like none of this is paid by insurance. So I was just like on a mission and if like, if I'm exhausted, like, you know, just from the line, trying to do all these things on top of it and be a quote unquote good patient, mm-hmm. you know, and obedient and eating all the right things and taking all the supplements and going to all your appointments. Um, I felt that really stressful. Absolutely. I mean, I know you mentioned that you were trying to like do it all. And it's interesting because I did an interview a few weeks ago where this girl said like, what do you think about having it all and doing it all? And how do you do it all? And I was like, honestly, I don't, I think with a chronic illness, it's almost impossible to do it all. And I don't think it's healthy. And I think that's something that like our generation is brought up in is like, you can have it all and you can do it all and you should work all the time. And I think that's why people are like so strung out stress wise. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Absolutely. Like that is, I mean, trying to do it all and have it all is kind of like why I got sick. Yeah. Not that that that's what gave me Lyme, but it created the conditions for me to have such a stressful life that my body just couldn't handle um, fighting the Lyme. And I think like what, when I look back and like a lot of the work that I've done on myself, like I realized that what's really behind or what was behind trying to do it all, have it all for me was trying to prove myself to the world and demonstrate that I'm successful. And, you know, we were taught that, that doing it all is success. Um, but at the end of the day, like I was doing all these things and like hated my life. There was nothing in the day that I actually wanted to do. Yeah. So, I think this whole concept really needs to be questioned. And I think like maybe a lot of people realize this on their own naturally over time, but having a chronic illness like definitely brings it to the forefront, forefront really quickly or sooner than other people might, might have that happen. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I know stress is like a big part of your story and a lot of that comes from trying to do it all, which I completely understand because I, you know, I own my own PR firm um, and had to take like a massive step back when I got sick, which was very difficult because I am like such a workaholic. Um, But like, I don't know if treating your stress, trying to deal with your stress and manage your stress can be very difficult. So like, what have you learned from that? And are there any like ways that you manage your stress that maybe listeners can adapt for themselves? Yeah. I mean, I think when I, before I was diagnosed and when I was very stressed, I, I think the main, the main issue was how I was seeing the world and the tremendous expectations that I had for myself and the way I was approaching everything And that was a huge source of stress. And so, I mean, the first thing I would recommend is like seeking out the the support of someone. Um, And it can be, you know, friends and family, but it's, I found it like 
extremely helpful to have a coach or a therapist or someone who's able to really focus in on how you might be thinking about things that's causing stress and helping you shift your thinking around whatever it is. Um, and then in terms of like, for me day to day, just focusing on like, you know, I mentioned before, like the motivation of why I was doing a lot of things in the past was to try and prove myself. So it was like out of fear or like I should be doing it. And so when I'm stressed now, I question like, well, what is it that I'm stressed about? And is it something that I can let go? Because I'm like, basically that's what I'm saying is like, focus on what is, what, what brings you happiness and joy. And at the end of the day really matters to you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I was curious to hear your answer because I am like, just in general, a very anxious person, which, and like the Lyme only has increased that. <laughs> so I've been trying my, my best to be more Zen and, um, not let things that would typically stress me out, you know, get to me, which is difficult. Um, so I really yeah. admire kind of what you're doing. Um, yeah, go on. I, I totally get it. I, I would say I stand right next to you in all of that. And it's, it's a journey to yeah. um, un- unravel these, like, habitual ways of being that make us so anxious. Yeah. No, it's hard. Um, but I know, like, a big part of your stress came from, like, trying to um, feel like you were proving yourself and, like, having it all and doing the right things. But it kind of seems that your illness almost like helped you find your true calling and like your passion in career coaching. So what advice can you give, I guess, to like other Limeys that are maybe going through the same situation? Or can you talk to us kind of about how you came to that conclusion of like what your career passions were? I think, um, I, I think that illness brings to light a lot of um, things that aren't working for us anymore in our life. Yeah. And that we can use this as an opportunity to look at that and to, and to change. And um, for me, what wasn't working was like my whole approach to my career and like I write about how our work gets tied up in our identity and our self-worth and um I needed to unravel a lot of that Mm -hmm. and when I did I just felt so um free and like for the first time in my life like I had the space to be me and felt like I could explore what my passions were. Yeah. And, um, I actually like it. I really enjoyed finding that and I wanted to help other people find that for themselves. And that's what led me into wanting to talk to people, um, about their careers and about you know, also like having a chronic illness really brings to light like 
how we're spending our time here on the planet and like, are we doing things that make us happy? And again, like speaking to the motivations behind our actions that I was talking about before, like, are we doing things that bring us joy? Because at the end of the day, like our life is for us, for us to enjoy. And that, even though that seems so like obvious on one hand, like in our society, I feel like it's kind of radical to say, mm-hmm. um, because we get so, um, away from that. So in terms of like finding your true calling, um, it gets like, it's a, it comes through like an unraveling a lot of, a lot of the things that aren't working for us yeah. in our life and, um, and embracing who we are and what makes us happy. Well, I love what you're doing as a career coach, because just talking to you, I can tell that like, it is such a true passion and you're doing it for the right reasons. And it's not just career focused, which I think, like you said, is so rare now. Um, do you have like a favorite story or like moment with someone that you've like worked with or just like a favorite, um, person or anything like that? From, from like a client? Yeah. Have you ever had like a major breakthrough or like just like a really touching story? Um, I think trying to think of like one that would be good to share that one was just like comes out of my own curiosity because like I feel like you're so good at what you do so yeah I mean I I do have like there's one client that I've been working with over the past year because that's the other thing like these transitions like to go from you know someone working in an office that they hate and crying every day or calling me on the subway to work in the morning, like yeah. totally distraught to get from there to, you know, I just talked to her this, this week and she's like, I'm happy. I'm loving my life. And like, I didn't think I would ever get here. Yeah. That takes time. And so like, it's taken her a year. Um, and it's, it's inspiring to see people, step out and confront what was very scary for them. Just like, you know, a year ago she was feeling very trapped and that like, this is what she had to do. This is what she's worked so long for her whole life to do. Cause this is what we tell ourselves, right? Especially when we go to school, we feel like we have to use our degree. We have to follow the path that's been, that's been set out or what we thought that we wanted. And when we realize that it's not what we thought it was going to be and it's not making us happy, that can be very painful and we can stay in situations that feel terrible for a really long time. Absolutely. So to see her finally like having, she left the old job and, and um, even though it was terrifying, it, it was also like her claiming her freedom and standing up for herself and, for what she wants to create in her life. And, uh, she's stepping out to do her own thing actually. And, um, and use like her, her talents and like what she's very passionate about to, um, help start a nonprofit actually. And work, work with kids and, and go after like what she really in her heart, um, has wanted, wanted to do for a long time. Um, but, that's what I say a lot, a lot of times, like we don't really listen to that little inner voice that we have. Yeah. Uh, 
a lot of people who come to me and they might say, I don't know what I want to do. And like, when we get into it, well, actually, like we do have some ideas. There's, there's been, there's been an inner voice that's been feeding them some information all along. They just need to, um, turn up the volume on it. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. Um, and that has to be such a good feeling, like, to, after working with someone for a year, to, like, see them go from kind of A to Z, and I just imagine that would be, like, the best feeling, and I just relate it to, like, my feelings in PR, like, when I have a client that, like, succeeds at something that, like, I truly, truly believe in, it's just, that's, like, totally what feeds my passion. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just seeing, taking someone who... You, you can, and I, I can relate to a lot of my clients too. When when they first come to me, they, I've I've been in so many situations with work um, that were unhappy that I can relate to a lot of what they're going through, and I, I guess that's what like makes me a good coach too. Yeah. But um, yeah, to see them move through that and and come through the other side and really. Uh, embrace what they want and let go of a lot of like shoulds or fears that we have. Yeah. It's amazing. You, cause you innately, I mean, understand, which is really special. Um, so I just kind of wanted to move into some more like generalized Lyme questions, I guess that like I get asked a lot. Um, so I'm kind of curious to hear your answers, just like general things, I guess that others with Lyme struggle with. Um, just to wrap up our interview because I don't want to keep you all day but I know a lot of fellow Limeys have issues with like families and friends because our illness is so convoluted and there's so much there's so many conflicting articles out there you know when you pop chronic Lyme into Google um, people just don't get it so when you were diagnosed I know at first you were kind of in denial and then eventually started treating um but what did your family and friends think? And I mean, did you like have to educate them on what it was or were they just immediately understanding? I think that at that point, all my family and friends knew, um, I was tired (laughs) and having a diagnosis like was, um, it was good, but it didn't really like change anything for them. Yeah. Um, in terms of who I was or, like the needs that I had or anything like that. Um, and I didn't even, when I got the actual diagnosis, I didn't even tell that many people. Um, I was sort of, I, I just told my immediate family and a couple friends. Um, and at that point, you know, I had to be honest, like really sort of, um, I wasn't like totally withdrawn from the world, but I definitely had become more selective in who I even talked to or spend time with. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that's part of like the long journey is like sorting through like how you want to spend your energy. So the people that I had around me were already pretty understanding of what I was experiencing. Um, and I didn't really, attempt to educate because I needed to educate myself first. Yeah. That is a big Um, part of it. Yeah. Like you don't even know like, okay, so this is Lyme, but like, what does that even mean? And, and 
the treatment paths are so different and you can't like you can't put a timeline on anything or know for sure that even anything that you try is going to work mm-hmm. so I I didn't really have anything to educate anyone on yeah <laughs> you know um I still feel like I'm learning things I mean I'm only eight months into my treatment but like I read a lot about Lyme from like very specific sources um where it can get a little dicey online but I feel like every day almost every day I'm learning something new about what I have so I get it (laughs) yeah I think it can be very um helpful to to read on one hand it can be very helpful to read about it and to read that the some of the symptoms that you're having is Lyme or that that um other people are experiencing the same thing so that you don't feel so alone and scared. I'm like, what's happening to me? Yeah. But the other other hand, like I mentioned, overwhelm too. And I always felt very overwhelmed. It's like Googling was very overwhelming. Like, and like, I know that there's a book that, um, why can't I get better? Yeah. I don't know by Horowitz. Yeah. And the type, like I have that book, I purchased it, but I have never read it because the title is horrifying. Yeah. And the content is overwhelming. It is. I, um, So I have that like kind of issue where I start reading and as you know, like every case is so unique and like what works for one person might not work for another person with Lyme. And I would like, you know, read stuff or even Dr. Horowitz's book. I got halfway through it and I had to stop reading it because I'm just like, well, why aren't we doing this or trying this? And you kind of start second guessing your own treatment when you aren't like immediately getting better and in reality you just don't know what's going to work for you in your body. So I completely mm-hmm. understand that. But I will say the Horowitz book is great because he like breaks things down into category. And I've just found that helpful. And he like explains things in a way that like I can understand them and like explain them to other people, I guess. But yeah, so if yeah. you ever feel like it, um, I would definitely skim it. Yeah, I think I could I could probably handle revisiting it now that I've yeah. um, regained some of my strength and energy. Yeah. But when I was like right in the middle of it, like also with light with line brain, you're just also like, ah, I can't even yeah. read properly. So I, I still yeah. have issues with line brain, and just <laughs> most of the things I read, I forget anyway. So I guess it's not it's a double edged sword. But. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I, like, found that even with all the different treatment options that I did, like, focusing on my stress was really the number one thing that I that I did, um, like, uh, uh, aside from all the drugs or any other alternative approaches that I, that I took, because yeah. um, your immune system is fighting, and it's being it's in stress any added stress that you have through it have to it um through like emotional or even physical stressors is going to impact your ability to cope yeah that was really just the number one thing that I did at the end of the day yeah I think so many people don't realize how much stress affects them and like even me I had so many doctors before I found out I had Lyme just tell me you're stressed you're stressed you need to stop working as much And so I kind of railed against that and was like, no, it's not stress. It's not stress. And the last two herxes I had were like, 
basically started the day of like two really big stressful events. Um, so now I definitely like, I'm out of denial, you know, that stress is a major factor in our illness. Um, so I've been mm-hmm. doing a lot of reading on that. Yeah. I like to say that I'm, um, I'm intimately associated with my adrenals yeah. and, uh, and that I'm kind of like tethered to, um, I, I said tethered to the truth in that, like I can really zero in on whether or not I'm too stressed because I immediately experience symptoms. Yes. So it's like a very good check-in, um, and in society, we're so like habituated to everyone's stress. So it's normal and you should just, you know, be able to cope with it. But like when you have Lyme, you just can't and you have to listen to your body more than that. It's a whole other ball game with Lyme. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just to wrap this up, um, I guess my last question for you is, is there anything that you wish you had known while you were going through the process of getting diagnosed or what things do you think that other, like, newly diagnosed Lymies need to know? Well, going through the process of getting diagnosed, like, do you mean, like, the whole two years prior when they didn't know what was wrong? Yes, because so many of us, I mean, it's funny because... That's how long it took me was two years to find someone that actually figured it out. Um, So I guess, do you have any words of wisdom for for people that are kind of going through that? Yeah, I mean, I think just to keep keep going and keep... Are you there? Yes, I am. Sorry. Um, to keep going and to keep talking to more doctors and not let anyone tell you that there's nothing wrong with you or that, you know, it's in your head or that, um, how you're feeling is, is normal. Um, and to just try and cultivate also like a support network that can help you, um, on days when you're feeling really discouraged. Um, that's been so important for me. Um, on those days when I just didn't know what was going to happen, what was happening to me. And like, if I was ever going to get better, just having some people, whether it's like your family or friends that you can call and talk to and just have their kind under was so important for me. Absolutely. I do think that's a big part of it. Um, Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. And we will chat again soon. Yes, we will. Have a happy holiday. You too. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye, Sarah. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am so appreciative to Sarah for taking the time out of her busy schedule to chat with us and share her limey story. If you know anyone else that you think would like be willing to share their story, um, or has anything, you know, that they want to chat about on the podcast, please send me a message or a DM at Allie T. Moresco on Instagram, or feel free to, um, reach out in the comments and I will certainly get back to you. So have a great rest of your week. Bye guys. Mm -hmm.